WWF, what the world is watching. are listening to your SummerSlam preview here simulcasting on lockbang.com and the dirty sheets.com dirty sheets patreon page i am your host billy have to put the old school music on to pump myself up for this SummerSlam. let's get it going here it's SummerSlam. yeah we all know it's not going to hold a candle to summer slams from the past when you're looking back at hogan and savage taking on andre and dbrc the place where this all started back in 1988 madison square garden with of course the warrior winning the intercontinental title from the honky tonk man in 30 seconds but we'll make do what we have and in 2020 we have some betting so there's an opportunity to at least win some money even though this is going to most likely be a shit show tonight because i wasn't impressed with the thunderdome on friday I thought it was just a big Zoom call with a terrible atmosphere. I don't understand why they're muting these guys. You can get these guys on the screens, so you trust them to be on the screens, and one of them's not going to flop their dick out live on TV, but you won't let them have any audio. You're going to pipe in this god-awful audio into the um, into the set. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. So I wasn't impressed with the Thunderdome on Friday night. And most significantly, I wasn't impressed with the show, with WWE feeling like they were going to have a wider audience or a large returning audience. I thought that they would do a lot more with it, especially for such a big go-home show. But they did very little other than needlessly switching the Intercontinental title. And we had a weird angle at the end where The Fiend is seemingly indestructible again. But we'll see how indestructible he is at the end of this show because obviously if he is indestructible indestructible he will leave with the wwf universal or wwe universal title got wwf on the brains we heard that great wwf intro but of course this is the modern day wwe We'll start at the top of the card, but I perceive the top match on the card to be my buddy Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Randy Orton, where Drew is now the 6-4 plus 150 underdog here to retain his title, well, at least to, to win the match. There's a separate market for retaining the title, where he's interestingly at even money with Orton available at 8 to 11. So there could be a possibility of a non-finish here, but it's not likely because it's in the main event. Orton is 1 to 2 to win it and 8 to 11 to lift the title, as I said. I just don't think, despite the fact that these odds have swung and usually line movement is something that you follow with wrestling, I just don't think they're going to put the title on Orton tonight. I don't see how it has any value. From my inside sources, I know that Drew is doing a ton of media and is being compared to John Cena in terms of not just the sheer amount and willingness that he that he has, but in terms of how he's perceived 
I did a show with Vince Russo where Vince Russo talked about how well Drew came across on a baseball show and Drew isn't a baseball fan which shows that basically any media that he's assigned to do he's slamming it out of the park and I just can't see Randy Orton being that committed to it at this stage of his career and I don't see what the benefits are yet Randy Orton's had a great run as a heel but that's pretty much his job isn't it? I mean, the fact that Drew McIntyre has had weak opponent after weak opponent after weak opponent isn't Drew McIntyre's fault. Nobody was a credible opponent, and we knew that Drew was going to sail through, which is why we've seen Drew being priced up at odds around about 1 to 20 to 1 to 5 against Bobby Lashley. Nothing smaller than that. And here, all of a sudden, he has a credible opponent, and he's the underdog with possibly the company feeling that they've really built up Orton well and they have themselves a super heel. You you don't. You have yourself a, a great heel, but every heel should be great. The whole point of building up a babyface champion is to give him great heels so that each victory makes him more significant in the role as champion. Therefore, that you can you can make him more of a prominent face and you can build more merchandise behind him. And in turn, you make more money and do more ratings, something that this company have forgotten how to do. Instead, it's the outside of the company where they're doing very good business deals and managing to make enough profits to increase their share prices continually on a quarterly basis. However, the ratings are beginning to slum and the audience interest is waning, but the WWE continue to hide behind the social media metrics. But from an official capacity, Drew McIntyre is actually the most successful champion in the history of the WWE because he is the champion that's navigated them through the two most profitable quarters in their history. And that is a fact, despite the fact that many people will point to the ratings and that's something that Drew will be continually questioned to, the WWE will deflect that question and they will simply look at their social media metrics to say that content is now consumed in various different ways. Therefore, if that's the case, the WWE will argue that the same amount of people are watching WWE, but consuming it in various different ways, and that the profits are bigger than they've ever been. Therefore, Drew would be the most successful WWE champion of all time. So WWF again there. Um, I'm not sure where I stand with that, but I do think that Drew is a live underdog here, especially when you're looking at him in certain markets just to retain the title and not to win this match, which is available at even money. Plus, we have to look at the option of payback next week, which would probably indicate that there will be some kind of screwy finish in one of the major matches. I possibly think both, because I also don't think that uh, Bray or The Fiend is leaving with the championship tonight. The Fiend is available at 1-2 to two with Braun Strowman now available at 13-8. to eight. When this line opened, The Fiend opened as 1-5. to five. Therefore, there has been enough significant money on Strowman to move it. Plus, when you look at the storyline on TV, we are looking at some kind of possible double turn. And we also cannot, cannot eliminate the um, involvement of Alexa Bliss in this match. So, I'm taking another dog here. We start out with two dogs. And uh, I'm going to go with Strowman here. It's finding a way to retain his title in this match. Up next, we look at Sasha Banks versus Oscar, and we're going to cover this collectively with Bailey versus Oscar 2. It was established on SmackDown that Bailey will defend her championship first. 
I'm actually going to go for Oscar to end up winning both these matches, but to only leave with the Raw Women's Championship. Bailey versus Oscar is 10 to 11, 10 to 11. And Oscar versus um, Sasha Banks sees Shasta Banks as a 5 to 4 underdog with Oscar available at 4 to 6. So I like Oscar at 10 to 11 in the Bailey match. I like Oscar at 4 to 6 in the Sasha match, but only to leave with the Raw title because I think what you'll see in the first match is some kind of DQ finish where Bailey feels like she's in trouble and then she ends up getting herself disqualified and what we may even see is both women just kicking the crap out of oscar so that she's significantly weakened for a title match and then of course backwards wwe booking will indicate that oscar definitely then goes and wins that match as a injured underdog later on in the night and ends up leaving with the raw women's title so to recap oscar versus bailey will go on first I'm tipping Oscar to win that match, but not emerge with a title and then go into the later match with Sasha Banks with a injury yet overcome that injury to win. And the odds reflect that because Oscar is four to six to win the Raw Women's Championship. Plus we have the stuff set up with Shayna Baszler. It's very likely that Baszler and Oscar will challenge for the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team titles next week at Payback. Payback is a big factor here into everything that you're, you're betting here tonight. Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. This one was a 50-50 split, but it has moved in favor favor of Andrade and Garza, who are now at four to six with the Street Profits at eleven to ten. I think you need to get these belts off these morons. I'm sick of the Street Profits. Internally, I know that Street Profits were a Heyman project, and Bruce is higher on Andrade and Angel Garza. I gave this tip away over on Russo's show. Russo actually spoke about Bruce's loyalty towards Mexican wrestlers and how he was always hiring them and how the company will always push Mexicans if Bruce had any say in the creative. And of course, Vincent Mann himself is also on board with that because the WWE are trying to increase their viewership and their engagement in the Los Angeles area. So you're looking at a large Mexican demographic there. You have decent, you've always had decent Mexican viewership for SmackDown and show that Rey Mysterio is obviously prominently featured on. And of course, at one point we had Alberto De Rio as well. So I think Andrade and, and Angel Garza here would be certainties for me here, possibly locks here to win the tag team titles here tonight. I feel the same way about Apollo Crews versus MVP because we all know that the big match that we're building towards is Crews dropping this US title to Bobby Lashley. He's 1-2 to two to beat MVP tonight and MVP is 6-4. to four. I think that represents some decent value. You can do a lot worse than parlaying together Apollo Crews to retain his belt and the Street Profits to lose their belts to Gaza and Andrade here tonight. One of the most intriguing matches on the card features Seth Rollins going up against Dominic Mysterio, where both men are a 50-50 pick. Actually, as I'm looking at this now, Seth Rollins has edged very, very slightly ahead, but um, Dominic Mysterio's price has not changed. Both guys were at 10 to 11 and 10 to 11. And Rollins has just edged ahead here at four to five. I'm going to take Seth Rollins for this match. I think this feud continues. I broke a story over at the Dirty Sheets earlier on um, this month where I said that Rollins was taking some time off when Becky is in the later stages of her pregnancy. That isn't at the moment. So I think this feud can possibly extend another couple of months until we get to the new WWE draft where I think Rollins will then take a break and then emerge on a brand mysteriously. Most likely SmackDown because I think he's possibly, possibly done his time on Raw. But 
I think we may see a miscue here tonight from Rey Mysterio, possible mistakes. We know he's going to be around in the corner, involved, etc. And um, I think a miscue could lead to Dominic losing his first match. It'll be interesting to see how Dominic performs. When we look at Pat McAfee last night, he was excellent on the NXT show. I thought Adam Cole versus McAfee actually stole the show. I thought it was a better match than the, the ladder match, which was also a good match. Obviously, Bowler always performs at TakeOver. I think the title match dragged a little bit long. We were sweating it out because when I saw the line at over under 24 minutes, I hammered that under and clients cashed in on that last night, but it came quite close, rounded up at around about 21 minutes, but still winning bet for us last night. We also took Finn Balor. Um, we lost a little underdog bet on Pat McAfee because I felt that um, it would have been the right thing to do to have him win and to extend that feud. And especially after seeing a match because McAfee performed so well. So it'd be interesting to see how Dominic does in his first match tonight, if he can compare to McAfee. The last match I'm going to cover here is Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose is at 1-4, to four and Sonya Deville is at 3-1. to one. The stipulation in this match has changed. It's no longer hair versus hair. It's now going to be loser leaves WWE. I think that makes the result even more obvious. There is no point Sonya losing her hair if she's going to take time off TV, and obviously she's going to take time off TV because of that stalking incident where she was almost kidnapped and killed. So that is possibly reasonable that she needs to take some time out for herself and if she's going to be coming off TV it's obviously it's obviously makes sense that she's going to lose this match nothing ever sticks in WWE so when she returns 6 to 8 months down the line nobody's going to give a shit that she lost a loser leaves WWE match I mean for we know she could actually be leaving this company we, we have no idea I mean she looked pretty frail and, and messed up appearing in that court case pictures have emerged in social media but the bottom line here is Mandy Rose isn't going anywhere and Sonya Deville is possibly taking time off almost definitely taking time off after the incident that occurred so Mandy Rose here at 1 to 4 Stick that in your parlays. Again, Andrade and Gaza, Apollo Crews, all all certainties in the show. And I'm relatively certain about how the Banks-Bailey-Oscar situation plays out as well. It's really just the title matches on this card, the matches at the top that confuse me. And that's a good thing because the tagline for this show is you'll never see it coming. And I spoke about how I didn't want to see it coming, both on Russo's show and the Dirty Sheets, because... It's been a very difficult product to watch, especially during this lockdown period, especially behind closed doors. We had all that stuff at the PC. I'm not necessarily in love with the Thunderdome. So if there is going to be a monumental surprise that I don't see coming and it's going to enhance the enjoyment of the show, then I'm really not going to make myself privy to that information. So I think down at the bottom end of the card, you do have enough information to keep you going. Plus, We know that Vince McMahon doesn't like to change two of his world titles in the same show, yet the challengers are both favourites here. So I think you're pretty safe having bets on both the champions to retain their titles and either Braun or Drew will be leaving with their belt still intact as we move towards payback where we're going to see a rematch of one of these title matches next week. That's it for me and your SummerSlam preview. Check out the date sheets on Tuesday where me and Cav will be breaking down SummerSlam and this week's TV. Good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening. 
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has arrived on Disney+. Plus. The world is upside down. We can't lose this fight, Bucky. If we do this, we're going to do it our own way. Experience the six-episode event. Work partners, co-workers. Not necessarily the team. No. We look damn good. Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus.